It's going to show up any minute. Yep, we are definitely live. Okay, hi everybody. Daily Fish here. A great NFL weekend, the playoff weekend. Every game for me was exciting. Only one was decided in the fourth quarter. The others all went down to the wire. Fish, go for it. Your take. What would you What would you say from the past weekend? When I get up in the morning, all I do is watch the pundits, and there's just no love for the New York Giants. I thought the New York Giants, and I was telling us the hard line in rehearsal, were the most well-coached team from the start to the finish all 60 minutes. Horrible clock management in the Baltimore Bengals game. Miami game, Peter King was all over this. How do you not know what the play clock? You take two timeouts, you don't know when the play clock goes? And they had a, a critical uh, fourth and one go to a fourth and six at the end of the game. That being said, very competitive weekend. Kudos out to – there's no moral victories, but kudos out to the Bills and, the, and for Baltimore. I never thought they'd make it a game, and they made it a game. Yeah. Hardline, what do you think? What's your take? No, uh, you know what? Uh, piggybacking off of Fish, the biggest thing is I think Minnesota was who we thought they were. A lot of people were not very impressed with them for most of the season going into it. A, a lot of people called them a fake number two, and this is kind of what we got. Uh, at the end of the weekend. Uh, but very good job by Brian DeBull. Very good job by that New York Giants team staff and that staff for changing the culture from last year to what it is this year. Completely different from what we saw um, kind of going into that. The the best thing I saw all weekend, I, I'd say two things really after that is, one, how good Mike McDaniels is. Granted, they had a lot of, a lot of issues, but to say that that team lost by three points with the third-string quarterback, that gives me a lot of hope for what McDaniel's system is and what they have going forward. I know there's some questions. I know they said two is our guy moving forward next year, but because of his health issues, I don't necessarily know where they're going to go in the offseason. So pay attention to what they decided to do in the draft. Uh, the other portion of it is just Brandon Staley. How do you blow 27 points? You're up 27 <laughs> points. You're running the ball effectively. You're doing what you're doing best, which is using Austin Eckler and his ability. Granted, you had some injuries. But that's a game when when the opposing quarterback throws four interceptions in the first half, you have to win. That That's not a game that you can let them inch back into. Uh, and there's going to be a question about, you know, is he the right guy later in the show uh, to lead that team? But, you know, kudos to Doug Peterson for taking a team that, uh, that Urban Meyer thought couldn't win and getting a playoff victory. Yep. I agree with you. you guys. You hit you hit all the things that I was going to touch on. For me, the Giants, the Giants were the biggest surprise. And again, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm going to usually be tough on my team. But what I saw, and I, as much as I agree with you about the Vikings, uh, but at the same time, too, I thought the Vikings still played a halfway decent game. And what I saw in the Giants all weekend was the one of the teams that was still strong, still moving up. They looked like they got better over the week. And to me, the Jags, the Bills, and the Bengals, I didn't think they played their best at all. I think, and they're going to move on. They've got to make some changes. So those are the things I would say. Fish, you were shaking your head. Give me something. I, I, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy, and it's fourth and eight, and you throw a three-yard pass. Very evident what Mr. Hardline would talk about Derek Carr in critical situations. You throw a three-yard pass to Hawkinson, he's, he's covered. You're not making good decisions. So that's not a well-coached team or a quarterback that I think that could ever take you far. I'll make a bold prediction right now, gentlemen. If the New York Giants beat Philly this weekend, they're going to the Super Bowl. This reminds me of 2007 when a guy in his fourth year named Eli Manning, 9-7 and team, started beating the crap out of people in the playoffs, and they went up against a Patriot team that's 18-0 and and shocked the NFL world. So we could see history again, guys. I'll say, I'll say one thing, though. 
um, about this weekend, and and this is something about an individual we'll get to later, but the Baltimore Ravens have to put money into that offense. I'm tired of them constantly putting money onto the defensive side of the ball and ignoring the offense. Granted, they kept the game close, but look how bad that offense moved the ball. They don't really have any wide receivers. Your best receiver cannot, cannot be a tight end. You have to put money on that side of the ball. And until they do that, I don't see them winning anything. All right. We're going to talk a lot more. Welcome to Daily Fish, everybody. Coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. I'm John Daly. He is Eric Fish-Schneider. And also in Las Vegas is The Hard Line with John Hardison from the Cost of Winning podcast and all of his sports betting advice. you got questions or comments, drop them in the chat box. Or if you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, let's talk. We kind of touched on this already. Some of the uh, quarterback carousel that's going to be coming up. So uh, we're going to see some changes, I think, for next season. So, Fish, uh, who 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 goes first? What do you think? Well, I'm, I'm a little concerned that, that Lamar Jackson should always be concerned about his money. It's his life. And guys like Robert Griffin III, Michael Vick, Randall – wasn't Randall Cunningham. Another quarterback took shots at the guy by saying, get out there and play. It, it's his life. So I don't know if he's going to be back next year. But here's a quarterback carousel. All right, you're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, maybe Jared Goff, maybe Daniel Jones. I doubt it. They don't lock him up. They're idiots. All right. And then you're going to have Tom Brady probably, and you're going to have Derek Carr. Um and then you're going to have some great guys. And I love C.J. Stroud, and I love Bryce Young, and I like Anthony Richardson, and I like Hendon Hooker in the draft. So the quarterback carousel between the draft and free agency, both I'll call you double Johns, is going to provide a lot of drama and a lot of it, some for us to talk about in the offseason. Hey, let me throw this out at you. Because uh, we, we saw uh, how great Purdy was, and we're seeing somebody who was Mr. Irrelevant, and we're actually seeing a couple of other quarterbacks who actually did fairly well that we never expected. Do you think that could be changing? Oh, they're going to go out and get regular. They're going to get quarterbacks who are already pro. Or are they going to maybe bet a little bit more on some of the college quarterbacks that are coming up? Because as you say, Fish, I mean, there's actually, there's 10 really good ones. Fish, go ahead. Well, I want to get throw us to hard line because Ryan Poles kind of threw this out there. He's the general manager of Chicago and says, if there's someone out there that really blows me away, we could have a situation. Remember Harlan a few years ago when the yeah. Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen? Then the next year they drafted Kyler Murray and traded him? That could happen with the Chicago Bears have the number one pick. You brought up Brock Purdy, Mr. Daly. What do you do with, if, if Brock Purdy takes this team to the Super Bowl? You got to trade Trey Lance. So you're going to have a lot mm. of movement. What do you think about that, Harlan? I mean, John made a great point. You could have guys that were first round draft. Zach Wilson's another guy that I think saw on the move. What do you think, Hard? Uh, you know what? The Zach Wilson portion, I'll, I'll speak to that first. They're giving a lot of um, praise behind them, a lot of support. I think that they're just saying that, but I think they're doing their homework in the background uh, in the NFL draft. And look, there's a guy here in Las Vegas that could go to the Jets. I mean, look, Robert Salas is a, is a solid head coach. Um, they have weapons that they can use. They have a great wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. Uh, I just think that, you know, maybe Carr is a person that's on the move to uh, the New York Jets. He, he's a veteran. He's got more experience than Wilson. He's a quicker release than Wilson. Possibly, you know, in the long term, uh, he sets him up for a better situation. I'm not sold that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay with the 49ers. If Purdy takes him to the Super Bowl or if Purdy keeps this train moving, 
I don't see a point for you to have Garoppolo. You already got Lance. It's a cheaper option. You don't really want to have to negotiate with Garoppolo. He's injured again. Uh, is it even worth it? You know, maybe he goes back to Robert Sala. You know, they have a good relationship. Maybe he goes, you know, Vegas is looking for somebody. Maybe depending on the situation, if he decides to take a discount or if he decides to, to work a lower deal as a prove it, maybe he comes to Las Vegas. But I don't see him with the 49ers anymore. Uh, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks coming up in the draft. I think that what you have to ask yourself, and this is the hard part, is it's easy to put it on the coaching staff, um, but you really have to look at ownership. And, and one team that we talk about all the time is the Washington Commanders, which is should they go for a quarterback? Should they even change their head coach? But when you don't even know who's going to possibly own the team, is it even worth paying all these guys this money? And we just saw a few months ago, that Roger Goodell sent a loadout to the owner saying, hey, you guys keep firing management. You still have to keep paying them. It's a lot of dead money on the table that you guys keep going over and over and over with. Maybe there's some guys that you really need to consider that you need to develop, meaning GMs, players, instead of just getting rid of them with all this dead cap money. Interesting. All right. Uh, for the most part, I'm going to agree with uh, you guys. I think Derek Carr is going to the Saints because I think I think Dennis Allen's going to stick around uh, with the Saints as the head coach. Um, and, you know, and Fish, I got to laud you for this because I, I think Brady is going to the Raiders. I had to pick. And uh, by the way, Hardline, great thought. He could go to the Dolphins. He might want to stay in the Florida area, but I do think he's going to go there. Uh, I think the commanders, if, they're, if they are ready to start, I think they're going to go for Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield would be a good choice there. I think the Texans are going to stay. They're going to pick Bryce Young. I think they're going to pick him as their first pick, as a number two pick. Um, and then the other one, there was a lot of questions about uh, about Geno Smith. I think he stays in Seattle. I think I think they like him there, and I think that's going to be it. But the other ones are Garoppolo. I, I, I have no idea, and I don't know what coaches or teams are thinking because Garoppolo's great, but where do you put him in? What do you do with him? So I, I don't know. I don't know where he could fit in so many others. Go ahead, Fish. Going to the Jets. It just, it just makes sense. And the reason why Carr won't go to the Jets, I think Carr's 1-11 in games under 45 degrees. What Garoppolo did last year against Green Bay Hardline in that playoff game when it was minus 7, driving him down. He's played in cold weather. So these are called bridge quarterbacks. And, right, I mean, I, the Dolphins, yeah. I've already said they're bringing Tua back next year. That's just – that's clickbait. I don't know. But, again, we have a lot to talk about in the offseason. When we're talking baseball – and and the pitch clock helping games becoming two hours and 35 minutes in the background we're saying jesus christ look what just happened you know this guy signed this way it's gonna be great it's gonna be a lot of fun to do the hot stove league and pro football this year you know i will will say this uh fish you mentioned uh lamar jackson earlier i think that they probably franchise tag him i don't think they let him walk uh it's it's sad because of everything that's kind of going on over there but i'll say this i'll be the bad guy in the room who is Robert Griffin to tell anybody that they need to rush back? Because the last time I checked, when he rushed back for the Washington Commanders, it damn near ended his career. It's a good well, point. I, I, I'm wrong. He made a comment. It was Michael Vick that said, you need to be good. Michael Vick said, I tore my MCL and played the entire season. You need to, you need to do it up. But you know what? You don't mess with another man's money. It's his, it's his career. It's his life. Um, it's, it, it's something that will play out. Now, let me ask you guys something really quick, Daly. If you decide they can franchise you, but if you decide to not sign it, is that an incentive for the team to trade you? Or are you going to do a Le'Veon Bell type thing that they did with Pittsburgh years ago and sit out? I mean, that could be a – I don't think they franchise him, Hardline. I think they're going to move him or sign him. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think I don't think you can franchise somebody till you got them signed to a full contract, right? Because he's no. he's in an option year. You you can franchise him. You can franchise him. With the Giants, real quick, they're going to franchise Saquon Jones, Saquon Barkley, rather, okay. and they're going to give Daniel Jones a quarterback. One's getting franchised, and one's getting a the big contract. So, and they're both in option years. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the coaches. There's going to be a lot of coaching change, a hot seat coming up uh, for the next season. So, Fish, who's gone? Who's staying? What do you think? I love Cliff. Cliff Kingsbury was approached by seven teams to be their OC. He said, I'm buying a one-way ticket to Thailand. I'm going to fuck out of here. Exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. I mean, look, that, that was a rough deal. Look, there's only five openings right now. And there's a, I, I, I got to ask both you guys this. Jim Ursay is seriously considering bringing Jeff Saturday back. I said in the show you missed last week when you were sick last week, Hardline, I said there's, I said Saturday won't have a job by next Monday, and he's still basically the interim coach. I don't see much change. I mean, I thought maybe Dennis Allen might go. John McVay was talking about leaving. So you have openings where? You have openings in Arizona. You have an opening in Indianapolis. You have an opening in Denver. Uh, I'm missing two other cities, but uh, there's five openings this year. Get, give me the other two cities. I'm I'm drawing a blank. I say uh, Carolina with Steve Wilkes. I'm not sure, um, especially with, with I think it's Tapper that owns the team. When he said, you know, uh, we'll consider him. But if you're saying that you're going to consider a guy, that pretty much means that you're not you're not sold on him. You're going someplace else with that. Uh, you know, Rivera was another option uh, in Washington. But I know a lot of people, including myself, have said I don't think it makes any sense for Ron Rivera to go knowing that you're going to sell the team and, and that owner probably wants their own guy and they're going to do their own due diligence. I don't think it makes any sense. Dennis Allen is the one you brought up his name. Um, that's really interesting. I don't know if he keeps his job, the way yes. new Orleans played this year, they were either very hot or very cold fish. I know it's your guy, you know, former Raider, uh, for former Raider coach. Some guys are just coordinators. You know, some guys are just not head coaches. They're not, they're just coordinators. Uh, we saw that with Spagnolo. You know, we tried to be a head coach over in St. Louis. It didn't work out, but he does really well with Kansas City. I just think Dennis Allen's a, a good coordinator. I just don't think that he's a good head coach. Can I jump in real quick, Daly? I want to ask Daly a question also on both of you guys. Do you guys think, Daly, that, that Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh are viable candidates, or is that just is that just to, to give you something to talk about? Because the, I, 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 if those two guys are in the mix – I think Denver Broncos, the other team, are looking for a head coach. So um, yeah, I, I, got, I can see Peyton going to Denver. I can see him going to Arizona. Uh, I got I got Sean Peyton going to the Cardinals, and I got Jim Harbaugh going to the Broncos. And I think uh, I you know I wouldn't have said this like five six months ago. I thought he was going to stay at Michigan, but he's got violations coming up. He doesn't want to face that, and I think they want to get out of that. So I think that's done. Um, I think um, I think the Dolphins are going to stay with Mike McDaniel. I thought what he did yesterday, and, and you, you guys hit that right, uh, the nail on the head there. I don't think Ron Rivera is going anywhere. I think he could be a little bit on the hot seat. I think they're going to hold on to him. But I do think Staley, I think Staley with the Chargers is gone. I think yesterday he really, really hurt himself. Um, those are the, those are the ones. And I, I still think they're going to hold on to Dennis Allen. But I, I, like, I like what you're saying. He's probably a better at being a coordinator. And then we look at Josh McDaniels, who seems to always just want to be an offensive coordinator rather than being the head coach. I still think he stays with the Raiders. But I think if you bring Brady in, that's like bringing in an, an offensive coordinator and a play caller because 
you know, your offensive coordinator is not going to upstage Brady. Brady's going to make the call himself. He's going to say, screw you. Here's what we're going to call. Here's what we're going to do. So I, I still think there's a lot of stuff that's, that's going to be running out, but I, I don't think we're going to see drastic, drastic changes there. Go ahead. Jump in. No, I I think that, uh, I think that Sean Payton is going to the Cardinals. I I think it's pretty much a done deal, especially because he's like, you know, I kind of want to somewhat autonomy and being able to pick the guys that I want. The Cardinals have been, uh, a real issue probably last five years, even though, you know, Kingsbury got to, to the playoffs. Uh, and, and, you know, look, I'll be very honest with Sean Payton walking through that door, even though they gave him a lot of money, I don't think he's necessarily sold on Kyler Murray. And I don't know what that relationship is going to look like uh, if he takes over there in terms of uh, John, Jim Harborough, you're right. Uh, I think that he's probably gone, but I think he's only gone if the money is right. I think that's the biggest thing. And I know Michigan loves to, you know, pour money into him because it's the most successful Michigan's been since Lloyd Carr was there. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where we go in in that instance. Um, And we'll see, look, I think the question, if he does go to Denver is he has to sit down and ask the Waltons is how bad do you really want to win? Is this a team that you really admire and you want to win? Or is this just something to say, we're in the ownership group. We don't really care. We just own the team. Yeah. One quick addendum to that, guys. One quick addendum. I think you'll both agree. If Brandon Staley gets fired, I can guarantee you. Sean Payton has a house in L.A. He lives there because he works for Fox. He's going to the Chargers. All he talks about is how much he loves Justin Herbert. Well, you could have him, you know. If if if, yeah. if this guy goes, so yeah. keep an eye on that story. That yeah. that'll happen fairly soon if it happens. Good, good choice. All right, let's get into some sports and entertainment. Fish came up with this, and this is a good one. What actor or actress plays your favorite athlete in a movie? Fish, since you came up with this first, you go first. Um, Kenny Staber is my favorite player. I got a chance to meet him. It was one of the highlights of my life when I was bartending at a club called Mom Saloon in Brentwood. NFL had a big party. He's sitting there with the cores. And a shot of Jack and a cigarette, and we bullshitted for 10 minutes. The only guy I could see playing him, because obviously, would be Jeff Bridges. A young Jeff Bridges has that scruffy look, the hair, you know, and I think he's left-handed also. So if you don't know who Jeff Bridges is, if you saw Hell or High Water mm-hmm. came out a few years ago, yeah. he won the Academy Award for that, longtime actor. So I got Jeff Bridges playing Kenny Stabler. Nice. Hardline, what do you got? Uh, you know what? Just I, I love the story of it. Um and even though he was the main character, uh, his brother stole the show. And it's Irish Mickey Ward, and it's it's Mark Wahlberg that played him in The Fighter. And, and as good as, as Mark Wahlberg is playing him and the connection that they have to Boston, God bless Christian Bale for stealing that show. I mean, he, he made one line of, you know I knocked down Sugar Ray Leonard into the, the, the crux of the whole thing. And, and then when they get into just that big fight of, he slipped, he slipped. You didn't hit him. He slipped. Oh, I love it. Just it's just if if you're a boxing fan, just the background of everything that goes into um, when you're not necessarily a prodigy. How do you make a name for yourself in that business? I got it. Okay, Fish. I kind of misinterpreted your question because I was kind of picking the uh, the stars that actually played the athletes already, and I kind of I kind of went a little old school. I went John Cusack, who played Buck Weaver in Eight Men Out. To me, one of the great movies about baseball. Uh, also, a great book too, by the way. Uh, my other favorite one was Billy D. Williams as Gail Sayers in Brian's Song, along with James Kahn as Brian Piccolo. And if you haven't seen that 
and I lived through that that whole thing. It's a it's a tearjerker. The other one, Emma Stone as Billie Jean King in the Battle of the Sexes film. Uh, she did everything in there except the tennis. And Caitlin Christian, who is a professional tennis player, she did all the tennis scenes in there. But Fish, I got to tell you, I misinterpreted that 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 question there. So I'm trying to think who would play like uh, who would Cranston play? Who, who would you have Cranston play as as a uh, professional athlete? I'm thinking somebody who is like a retired quarterback now. Uh, he would play Charlton Heston in number one, which is a great movie that came out years ago. I mean, top of my head. I'm going to give you a double whammy. On top of my head, guys, is there a better portrayal of an athlete and a coach than Will Smith playing Muhammad Ali and then playing Richard Williams in the in the in the King Richard? He was yeah. spot on in those. So I agree. Yeah, I'm, I agree. So I thought I, I meant to say if you if whoever your favorite athlete is, what actor do you think would would portray him? Um, I'll think of something with Brian Cranston because um, he because the level of his work. And his range is so great. He could play a lot of – I see Cranston playing someone like uh, Leo DeRocher. There was a movie about Leo DeRocher. Remember him, the manager? Yeah, That was so absolutely. bombastic. He's, he's that kind of guy who would play someone like that. There was a movie about him. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Cranston a little later. Uh, so, But now it is time for some fishy memes. Fish, what have you been eye-feasting on this week? Okay, check this out. Let me get it there. Check that out. <laughs> some people in the morning <laughs> – and me. That's after watching the Raiders. All right. Move up a little bit on this. Check this one out. Men will be men. It's the husband says, my heart is paining. Call the doctor immediately fast. And the wife says, okay, dear, stay calm. Tell me your mobile password. The husband says, ah, wait, no need. I'm feeling better now. <laughs> Check this one out. <laughs> Skeleton. It says, feel my leg. I just shaved. <laughs> hey, <laughs> great job, Karen. <laughs> Having to climb out the window wasn't a red flag that something was wrong. It's a car parked in in the in the place that you put your shopping carts. Great. So we found we found Jennifer Aniston. I think it's more Tom Petty. But check this one out. Lockdown oh affected every one of us, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I'm getting bad here. This is the best. This is one of the best ones, Hardline. Sometimes you have to admit it's time to retire. And she hits the woman's breast. Oh, Lord. That's well, awesome. the mom does have well, big well, boobs. Well, we know but, what it's made out of. <laughs> oh, great. Pop goes the weasel. Check out these morons. Reasons why women live longer than men, part one. It's two morons <laughs> trying to hand a couch down. It's going to crush these guys if they catch it from the top floor of their condo. I mean, morons. I mean, that could be schmuck of the week. Keep going here. How about this one, Daily? When your boss asks for proof you're in the hospital, <laughs> guy's sitting there with an IV and an oxygen going in his nose. And I got one for you. I'm a big – I've advocated this guy, and this goes out to Giants Nation. Christine Furco, Ralph Bacchiano from Giants, Giants Insider, big fans of the show. Dave Panati, the biggest Giants fan. This is a picture of Daniel Jones. He's got that tongue out. You know what that means? I'm licking my lips. Bring on the Philadelphia Eagles, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then, guys, on a, on a serious one, also, um, this is the Embrace statue. Today is Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. Day. Mm -hmm. And what that guy meant, I remember my mother watching his speeches in 1968. I was a kid. I was eight years old. Hardline. I can only imagine what it meant in your life. You weren't old enough to hear him speak live. John and I were. 
And only if his words would have resonated still, we might have a less division. What do you guys think? No, absolutely. And what was really interesting, Hines, who's the, uh, and I'm forgetting his first name, he was the guy who returned the kickoff last week uh, for the Bills against the Patriots in the opening. His mom and dad were actually there. They actually were with Martin Luther King. And they did an interview. I think it was on, uh, I think it was on Fox, Fox Sports. It was a great interview. And uh, this kid explained the whole thing. And uh, it was, it was great. It was perfect for Martin Luther King Day. Go ahead, Hardline. No, I, I think everything that you're saying is spot on. And you know, this is why we have this day. And, and you know, so many people have fought to make it a national holiday. Um, you know, you don't get a lot of these people in your lifetime. Um, and when you you have them, you cherish them, you you memorialize them, and you try to take what they've taught you and you implement it not only in your life, but in your children's life as well. Right. Absolutely. Well, the one last thing I like to say and speak for all three of us, when you have someone like that who has a vision to bring us all together and realize that we're all humans you need to listen to that person. And unfortunately we don't have that kind of person nowadays, but we can go back and listen to his speeches and he just wanted opportunity, right? Hardline. And he wanted everyone to have the same, same things in life. And is that so wrong that we have to still strive for that 50, 60 years later? So um, maybe daily fish is the voice of reason. Maybe we we're the guys that could have the vision of, you know what? Don't listen to anything John Daly says when it comes to picking games. <laughs> Wait for the hardline segments. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a segue that was. That's great advice. There you go. All right. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us here on Daily Fish. We talk sports, entertainment, and politics, as you just heard. Everything in between, just like you do. We have no woke, no extreme, no social justice cops here. Send us comments or questions to dailyfish1, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. And we'll hit some political issues later in the show. Also coming up is Hardline's betting picks. But first, it's time for Schmuck, Swag, and Drink of the Week. And our Drink of the Week is in honor of one of our most recent guests, actor Brian Cranston. We'll get to that in a little, little bit. But first, Fish, who's been schmucky this week? Okay, look at the, look at the, I got to get back to them. This is so great. Um, th- these, this, is re- this is the airport. This is traffic at a major airport. We've had problems recently with uh, people trying with the flights being delayed and it's due to some airlines. It's due to either hacks or what have you. There has been, and we had Alyssa Conaway on and she's great. She's a, she's a stewardess that we had on the show recently. And she said, people on the flights have been great, but she didn't say this, but I know this people in the airports have been absolute assholes taking out on these people because of the delays that the flights have. It's not their fault. You don't start fights with people working in counters because your flight got delayed. Yeah. Put your anger away. 12-step program. Denial is the first step in the 12-step program. But if something like that happens, can't you just have some resolve and, and say, you know what? I'm stuck in an airport. Big deal. Yep. I agree with you. And those that's our schmuck of the week. All right. Let's see who's got the swag. Who are going to be toasting this week, Fish? I love this guy. Oh, my God. Are you familiar with this guy named Mr. Brainwash? Mr. Brainwash <laughs> is one of the top painters using a spray can. Look at that mural he did with the spray can yeah. in, in memorial to Kobe Bryant and his daughter that we recently lost tragically, okay? Not only is he great with his <laughs> spray can, he has been – he looks like he has been commissioned to start designing some NBA uniforms. And how cool is that going to be? 
using a spray can and bring a little swag to, to uniforms. I guarantee you when the NBA does it, because they're ahead of that in, mm-hmm. in, in that class, watch the NFL and Major League Baseball do the same. That's you cool. know, that's that's the biggest thing, Fish, and that's partially why I'm, I'm so in love with the NBA is, is the forward thinking. And look, like I know a lot of people when uh, Major League Baseball did the alternative uniforms, they loved it. You know, the Space City, uh, what was it, the UNICEF one for the uh, for the for the Boston Red Sox. You know, all these people are like, I want that one. Even when we talk about Vegas Golden Knights, the the ones that light up, people love them. I just wish the NFL would just let somebody come in and be like, you know what, for one game, the, this is the the specialty jersey that you're going to run. I guarantee you it's sellout. Yeah, and everybody needs, everybody needs to go to Oregon to to learn how to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we have our drink of the week, and uh, we're going to be toasting with our drink of the week. What are we sipping on, Fish? This is well. We had we we had the pleasure of interviewing uh, a mediocre actor a couple of days ago named <laughs> named Brian Cranston, who's just a star. But he has this wonderful mezcal that we promoted called Dos Hombres, and he made a Cranstonian, and I like to put a little tahini on the on the rim, and it's his mezcal. I put cranberry juice, a squeeze of lime, and a little tahini. It is a wonderful – it's one of these drinks you could have 17 of, and then it slowly creeps up on you, but it just gives you that great buzz. So to, to, to Mr. Brainwash, to the, to the clever thinking of the NBA and, and hope of these uniforms, and to, to Brian Cranston, to you guys, salute. Right back at you. Oh, that's good. That is such a it's such a great drink, and you got to try his uh, mezcal. Also, check out our interview with Brian Cranston from last week. It's on the YouTube channel. It's also on all the other places you get to see us. Here's what was really interesting about that. Brian tells us about the second season of Your Honor. Plus, he reveals the clandestine way that he and Aaron Paul had to film those final episodes of Better Call Saul. If you get a chance. Go back and take a look at the interview. And he tells us some stuff that even we hadn't heard about before. So there it is there. All right. Hey, the Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to the Shuck's Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. Say Daily Fish Podcast. You get a free drink. Do it the next day. A free appetizer. That's Shuck's Tavern. Check out Shuck's Tavern on Facebook. Again, folks, this is Daily Fish. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can subscribe there. Also subscribe on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Watch us on Facebook at the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube and also on Wingding TV and Hey Vegas TV. And also check out our post and our definitely news updates. And you can do it on Twitter and Facebook as well throughout the week. All right, now let's get some bets from the Daily Fish Hardlines. He is John Hardison, as you know. He has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts as well. Hardline. All right, let's start with tonight's Monday night playoff game. The Cowboys are three-point favorites over the Buccaneers in Tampa. What are you taking? Uh, You know what? As much as I want to take America's team and I I, want to take the Cowboys, I got to go with Brady. Um, you know, since he's been in Tampa Bay, he's uh, Dallas is 0-2 against Tom Brady since he's been there. Uh, the Bucks have the home field advantage tonight. They're playing on grass. It's going to be a little cold outside. I, I think the Bucks get it done. I think they keep it close. I'll take the Bucks plus three. All right. 
I disagree. I think the Cowboys win by 10. I, I just I, I have a funny I, the Bucks have just been struggling and, I, and the quicker the Bucks win, the quicker Tom Brady gets to Las Vegas and gives this city a splash. Harline, we've been suffering. With the, I gotta before we get to anything else, uh, Harline go. He texts me. He goes, "Can you believe how many Chiefs fans at the Raiders game, John?" And we need a buzz out here in Las Vegas. So let's get Brady out. Um, next week there there's intriguing matchups. I have to ask you this one. I, I because I, it, it's dear to my heart. Do you think the Giants have a snowball hell's chance in beating the Eagles? I think they got a chance because they play them twice a year. So it's a team that you're familiar with. It's, uh, it's a team that you have film on. You play them, you know, every year. But something different about this Eagles team, man, this year. Uh, it It's just a it's a different team. The biggest question I have, and granted, it's early in the week. I just want to know, what is Jalen Hurts' health status kind of moving forward? Um, and if he's healthy and if he's not hurting and he's good to go, I think the Eagles get to rolling, and I like them as a money line, you know, this week. But if there's any indication, oh. any indication that Jalen Hurts may be a little sore or something's not right, the Giants got a good chance to take that game, you know. But as, as of right now, I'm going to go with the Eagles, go with the Eagles money line. I just think um, that they have a special team, and with Sirianni's done, you couldn't have told me that they would have had that record this year. Yeah, I'd agree with you on the Eagles, but I do th- I do think Jalen Hurts uh, is is the key there. And and Fish, I agree with you. I th- I think the Giants could go to the Super Bowl. I mean, the way they played and the way they were still, you know, running off the field, uh, I mean, they looked like they had energy. They looked like a team that was still that that's on the rise whereas most of the other teams feel like they're either tired or on the decline. All right. Uh let's go to the uh next one. So the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites over the Jaguars. What do you got on that hard line? Uh, I think this is just an ass whooping waiting to happen for me just to sit here and watch it <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> I'm taking the Chiefs minus eight and a half. Uh, they've the last three games they played against the Jags, they won by ten points or more. Uh, I'm waiting to see if they they pull out the snow globe play like they did here in Vegas where they go around the ring around the Rosie and just throw it. Uh, look, I like Doug Peterson. I like what they've done, but if Trevor Lawrence is throwing four interceptions against the Chargers. I could only imagine what he's going to be able to, what he's going to throw against uh, Kansas City. And look, you don't want to give the, the best way, as we say, to beat Pat Mahomes is the best way that you beat Tom Brady, which is keep him off the field. And if you give Pat Mahomes decent to good field position, he's going to light your ass up. To me, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and just take uh, Kansas City minus eight and a half. The marquee game of the weekend, in my opinion is the Bills and the Bengals. They get to finish something that uh, – um, thank God. Hey, everyone, that it's, isn't it great to see how great DeMar Hamlin's doing? I mean, and you think about the Bills and the Bengals daily, and actually, you know, you thought about what happened a few weeks ago. Now they go at it in the playoffs. I, I have, a, I don't know what to think of this game, Harman. You're going to have to give me some uh, advice here. You know, I from looking at the way both teams played, and granted, you know, look, some people have bad first games and, and can get on a run. Yep. Uh, I like the Bengals plus four. You know, Daly said something a few weeks wow. ago. He's like, I think the Bengals are the best team in the AFC. And honestly, what I saw from the Bills yesterday was a team that has trouble picking up weak side blitzes, a, a team that their running backs can't really pass block that well. And if they could get, if they could create pressure on those outsides and trap Josh Allen in, it's going to be a long day. I mean, it's going to be a real long day for him. 
the biggest matchup of that night, it's probably going to be Gabriel Davis, Gabe Davis, and see if he can really get open because they're probably going to double down on Stephon Diggs, which is the smartest way, and to see that matchup. But I like the Bengals plus four. Granted, the Bengals didn't have the smoothest of games, but that defense stepped up last night. I mean, they stepped up big, and, and and when they needed to, they got it. Look, you know, winning games doesn't mean that you got to win pretty. It just means that you got to get out with one point ahead of the other guy. Okay, real quick, where Daly goes, you just said something that just made my decision for me if I bet the game. You said that Daly said that the Bengals are the best team in the <laughs> AFC. All right, America, Spotify, Wing Ding, wherever you're listening or watching – Daly said the Bengals are the best team. Take the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Hardline, we're going to get your pick for the 49ers and whoever wins tonight. We're going to do that later this week, and we're going to post it uh, on Facebook and Twitter pages. And, folks, that is the Daily Fish Hardlines with John Hardison, the Cost of Winning Podcast. Again, you can find him here with us all the time. He's also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Hardline, stick around because we're going to talk about some little bit more controversy here. All right, so here we go. So here's what I heard. I heard that Fish and Hardline visited Biden's home around the time he had those classified government documents. So what did you guys see? Uh, I I actually saw in the documents, I actually saw the plays that Josh McDaniel should have called for the Raiders. You know? <laughs> but I guess they both fell asleep on that one. I This is crazy. You know, sometimes you need... This this kind of comedy, I can only imagine if SNL is going to do a skit because the whole thing about Trump at Mar-a-Lago with the documents. Now they're finding yeah. documents everywhere. I just can't. I hope they find a document that Biden has, and there's receipts that 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 he went to the same place to get hand jobs that Robert Kraft did. That'd be so <laughs> great, wouldn't it? I mean, this is crazy. Can't make this up. Only you know we we, we I talk about the tabloids and the crap that goes on with the royal family. Now we're having the we're having the the battle of the the, the battle of the presidents with top secret documents is crazy. This hardline, this give is, us your thoughts. This is insane. I mean, I just you had one one pe- former president that everybody was like, look, look what he did. He uh, and, and, and again, it, I love the fact that people are pointing fingers. Democrats were like, look, this is Trump. Look at what the Republicans did. This. And then they turn around, and this guy's picking up the box and going into his house, <laughs> walking in. And the Republicans are like, "See, I told you it wasn't just us doing this. It's uh, it's insane. I, I don't know necessarily what to make of it. I think maybe Biden's best excuse is to say, "I thought that this was the White House. I got a little confused. <laughs> I just, I just found some in my backyard. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. One says I John think, John Daly's Botox appointment. I don't get that shit. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> so I, I think what they should they should do is they should go back through every president and go through every. So Jimmy Carter, you know, at ninety six years old, <laughs> they're going to find something, you know, in his you know in his closet or something like that, just to see what's going on. I, I don't know. I it, to me, it's I agree with you. It's it's just a ridiculous thing, and I think it's more of a smokescreen because what they seem to be saying with the stuff they're finding from Trump that the special prosecutor has is that this was stuff that's going on right now. I got to think the thing with Biden was a long time ago. So um, I don't know. We'll have to just see that. All right. Hey, next topic here, the uh, George Santos story, if that's his real name and he he should have been in catch me if you can. Um, (laughs) He shows, 
how dumb we are, and also how entertainment dollars that our major media outlets have. The North Shore Leader is a newspaper on Long Island. It exposed him months before the election, but nobody picked up the story about his phony credentials and his phony resume, including the major newspapers and the major networks. To me, all it shows is how stupid we are as a country when the stuff was right out there, and yet these people voted for this guy. Give me your thoughts on that. I'll go, go for first. it. Hardline. George, George Santos came out this morning and said that he cashed a ticket that he had TCU on the money line and they won. And I'm like, wait a minute, TCU lost 65 to three. I mean, this, this bending of reality these guys have, it's insane. And oh, hi, my wife says hi. Anyways, um, um, just came out. Come on, come on hey, the but- show. Daily's wife came on the show with Cranston. Yeah, the bending of reality is crazy. It's nuts. I mean, I, you, you, here's the thing. Let me ask you guys this. He's a liar. He's a moron, it seems to me. I'm, I'm just saying he is. But no Republicans have indicted him uh, on the moral compass platform, okay? If a Democrat did the same thing, would the Democrats in, go after the person? Because that's what bothers me the most is not one Republican has said anything wrong about George Santos, and he makes them look like idiots. Do you guys agree? Go for it, Harlan. Uh, you know what? I, I think he makes a lot of people look like idiots. I think that, you know, the, the best thing about George Santos is it gives me hope to apply because this makes me feel like it's just like a normal job application. You know, when they're like, oh, we need uh, references and we need your last, you know, your work history. They're never going to call that shit. We're just going to go ahead and hire him. Feels like it's the same thing. You know, nobody did any background check. Nobody called. If they had even called the, the guy that he had as a reference, they would have found out it was Sal's Pizzeria. They didn't even they didn't even call. So at this point, you know what? I, I think that the biggest thing is there needs to be more checks and balances in, in, in all seriousness. But um, it just goes that, like you said, catch you, catch me if you can. If you can just make people feel comfortable and just, you know, slide through, I think people ignore, you know, the, the glaring obvious issues of, hey, you know, this isn't adding up. And I think that there's certain things I, I, in regards to what Fish is saying. Yeah, I think that that's uh, a, a big question, especially with the ethics, you know, how the ethics committee is. Why are we not investigating this? Why are we just letting this go through, um, regardless if it's Democrat, Republican, independent? You need to be, this needs to be brought up and this needs to be something that we find. I, I guess my question would be, is this a kind of tit for tat? Was there somebody else on the other side that somebody kind of just, you know, glared over and they were like, hey, you know, I'm calling in the favor. Well, I, you know, for me, I, I, you know, if you lie about something and there's, it, you know, there's no law against that, you can say anything. Um, but I think where they're going to nail him is on campaign finance reform. I think there was a lot of uh, goofy money uh, that came from a Ponzi scheme that got into his campaign. And all of a sudden he was making $750,000 a year after being broke. I think that's probably where they're going to nail him more than anything else. But here's the thing. Just what you were saying, Hardline, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run either for Senate or President of the United States because I graduated from Harvard, the Harvard Bartending School, and you can't take that away from me. I graduated from Harvard. I know. (laughs) What was was this movie? Is it just like The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy? (laughs) Yeah, that's another good one. That's another really good one. That's right. All right, so let's go to our last topic here. How do we um, how do we expect to convert gas engine automobiles to electric cars in less than fifteen years? Fish, you skeptical on this? 
You can't. They don't have a power grid in California to, to when there's a when there's a heat wave. You know, the, it takes I, I did a little research on this. So if, let's say you get a, the, the electric car. You have a, a Tesla or electric car. It takes 36 minutes to charge it, John, to go 250 miles. Yep. When you go to the gas station, it takes you maybe five minutes if you go inside to pay the girl or the guy and then put put the pump in and pump your own gas. We don't have the patience to wait 36 to 40 minutes to do an electric car. But where are you going to start? Where's the landfills mm-hmm. where you can't convert a car and take the engine out and put electrical stuff in the car? You got to do the whole new, you got to buy a whole new car. Who, look, 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 if you can't afford an electric car, what do you do? It's impossible. You see, I'm, I'm getting tongue tied in this whole thing. You can't do it. You guys tell me how you do it. Hardline, you want to go first or you want me to go? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go. It's I. It's unrealistic in my in my opinion. Just one, the price of the cars in general. I think that you brought it up. It's it's not even kind of comparable to a uh, to a normal car. But you're right. Look, the electric. There's not many electrical grids in the United States. I mean, Texas has one. California's got one. It's already issues with the electrical grid in California being overloaded with just what we're doing right now. Uh, and I think you hit the biggest thing on the head. Look, the patience. I don't think that anybody, like, what, what does this look like? For 36 minutes, you got to pull over, you got to charge up, you got to sit there. What is the line looking like at backup, you know, in, at a normal gas station where, like you said, it takes 10 minutes to pump, it's already backed up. What is this going to look like where you're charging up cars and you got to wait 36 minutes for one car to leave and then the next car to go? And so you're driving and it takes three hours to just fill up to get back onto the to the road, I mean, to the freeway. I just think at this point, it's unrealistic. I just don't see it happening. I think the idea is great. Even with all the incentives that they've put even last year on getting an electric vehicle, which are great, uh, the parameters of being able to qualify were ridiculous. You know, this, this car company couldn't have sold more than X amount of cars in a year, and it has to be this amount of weight. You have to do all this stuff to the point that I don't think most people would probably qualify for it. So in the in the idea of what it could be, yeah, it sounds great. In the short term and even geopolitical in terms of, you know, gas and, and oil reserves and what this means, I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, let me just say to both you guys, keep complaining and bitching about this because you guys doing that is actually going to get things going. And uh, there's a great book out there. It's called The Question of Power. It's written by Robert Bryce. Um, and to me... What you're not seeing is, is that there is technology that's coming up along the way. They're going to start having batteries that can charge for a long, long time. They're in the works right now, and it is happening. Uh, But one of the things that the U.S. government needs to do is we need to really spruce up our entire electrical grid system because it could be attacked very, very easily. And I do think we are beginning to move forward in it because technically we've got to do it. One of the real interesting things that he talked about in the book was the fact that once you start getting the electric grid going so that more people are connected to the electric grid, it's going to create kids who are going to be not only smarter because they'll be able to have school, more connections there, they're going to be healthier. And all the tests show that people who are near a grid and a power grid, and you're going to start seeing it in other countries. And that's what's going to start happening. I think I think over the next 10 years, you're going to see some uh, 
advancements in technology where you're going to start seeing these batteries. I've done a couple of segments on it for when I was working with uh, Banyan Hill, the financial uh, subscription company. And they're they're talking about a new battery that's about to come out fairly soon that's going to triple the um, the what the or, or triple and reduce the wait time on it. Plus, the battery is going to be so small and so powerful that the cost of an electric vehicle is going to go below what a gas vehicle would. So it'll be easier. So that's on the horizon. Is it here yet? No. And it will it be here? Yes. When you two keep complaining, because that's what's going to happen. So I I think you're absolutely right. But I I think technology is about ready to uh, to take over and to to make things happen. So I'm pretty you know fish that I'm not a Debbie Downer on this one. How about that? You're a Debbie Downer anyways. You think that the Ukraine war is going to turn into a nuclear war. So that'll how, how you get 10 years. All right. So, I mean, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> I got a story for both of you guys. We, we just lost a legend. Or no legend we, we just lost Lisa Marie Presley um, the other day. Cardiac arrest. And we lost Jeff Beck. It always comes in threes. I'm working at a bar in Brentwood called Mom Saloon that just catered to the elite. And she comes rolling in there. Like 1990, 1991, we had a Papa Shop machine. Remember those Papa Shop machines, Don? Yep. Where you throw the basketball into a thing and you had yeah. a time to get into the hoop. She comes with these two gargantuan guys that walk up to me and they go, Are you the manager? And I said, yeah. You know, Lisa Marie wants to come in and play Papa Shop. I said, no problem. No one will bother. Well, obviously no one's going to bother. We're going to watch over her. So the guy bartending for me is a guy named Tano Costa, who's the biggest Elvis fan on the planet. And he, wow. just, gets, he just gets a tattoo of Elvis on his left arm. So I walk up to him, I go, Tano, you see who's down there playing Papa Shot? Lisa Marie Presley. He goes, oh, fish? No. I said, look, I'll go down there and I'll arrange you guys to meet. Fish, don't fucking do it. I go down there, I introduce myself. I said, this kid up there is the biggest fan of your dad. Can you just give him two minutes and say hello? And she's the nicest person. She goes, of course. So I get the bar back to watch the bar. Tano walks down. I walk down, I see he's shaking. I said, Tano? This is Lisa Marie Presley. They shake hands and she gives him a hug to break the ice, right, Hardline? I said, Tano, show Lisa Marie your, your tattoo. So we had long sleeve shirts as uniforms. He rolls up the, the, the uh, shirt and she takes her finger and she puts it on the contours of the tattoo. And the kid's getting a hard on right there. It's a funny thing. He's shaking. <laughs> and she looks at the tattoo and she goes, hmm, wow. She goes, you know what? You might want to get that redone. It looks more like Potsy from Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> the kid goes blank. He goes, Fish, you fucker, you set that up. I go, I didn't tell her to say that. So that's my Lisa Marie Presley claim defense. The nicest, short, just just uh, petite, funny. And then when she found out he, he took that wrong, uh, she gave him tickets to Graceland. And it's just, you lose people. You see the real people that they are because he took it to He started crying. It was so funny. But oh, you had to wow. be there to see it. But that's my Lisa Marie Presley story. Wow. That's great. That's great. All right, folks. We're Daily Fish coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We hit sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between. Again, we are on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can watch us also on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding TV. We're also on Hey Vegas TV at heyvegastv.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. And use those channels to hear our interview chats that we have. We just had Brian Cranston on, and we're going to have special guests on throughout the week. And also, check it out this week, because guess what? Hardline's going to give us our pick 
for tonight's game. So you definitely want to hear about that before we get into next week. Got any questions, any comments, write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, guys, we can wrap it up. Good stuff. Great show. It's good to have you back, Hardline. No, Hardline was under the weather and had to go to 65 doctors. You would have thought that Hardline was uh, in the White House. I mean, he, he was going all over the place. So, oh, there goes John. What's he going to do, John? What's he doing? He's like, oh, yeah, he's got his there. See, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens when you have a bad prostate. Oh, <laughs> Oh, my ex-girlfriend. Oh, no. Hey, Hey, I want want Nike Dog here. We just found out Nike Dog's got a little medical problem, and he may not be with us longer. So Mm. I wanted to have you guys see him one more time. He's doing pretty good still, even though he's got a condition coming up. But uh, he's hanging in there. So I just wanted to let you guys know to see Nike. Can you say hello to Fish and Hardline? Yeah. Nike. God, 15, that dog's 15 years. I remember when you got him, you were still living in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. What a great dog. You know, um, we, we, if you're an animal lover, like we are on this show, the disposition that Nike has, and I have a dog, I don't know if you have a, any animals hardline, it's unconditional love. And, and uh, we're praying for, we're praying for you daily. I know what, what that dog means to you and Terry and, you know, I make fun of you all the time, but one thing that's not Debbie Downer in your life is what you're holding in your hands right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, just wanted to bring it up. He was he was kind of whining. I think he either wanted to get on here or maybe he's not feeling good now. But uh, yeah. but anyway, so I just wanted to bring him up hey, here. But, Nike, can you can you tell us, Nike, how long it takes John to put his makeup and do his hair in the morning for John's on this show? Because I hear it's 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 if, if Harlan got five doctors to check out that he had pneumonia. How many, how many people come to your house to get you set up? Come on, Nike. Just say just just say one word. <laughs> An exclusive on Daily Fish. The dog talks. So, nah. so well, we're we're rooting, we're rooting for you. And, absolutely, uh, Nike. Anyway, all right. Thanks, guys. Hey, great show. Good stuff. Check us out, folks. Check us out and uh, enjoy the playoffs. And next week, guys. I want to ask Carline this right now, and in fact, if we got a couple of minutes, we're halfway through the NBA season. I've got a dark horse team to win the championship, and we'll wait till next week. You guys think of one, also, okay? Later, I got you.